Hey-ho! Hey guys, welcome to episode 85. <clears throat> hey guys, we're here with another guest. Um, as I said, I'm always searching the internet and, uh, you know, sometimes you, I don't know, sometimes I get on a roll where I find a bunch of people and then there's sometimes you get dry spots where you don't find a lot of people. Uh, and was it today? I just was like scrolling through one of our disability Facebook groups and, uh, I've seen this woman before around, um, she's always just like blogging, just posting things about her life and what she's going through. And I figured I'd reach out to her and she said yes. And so we're actually doing it the same day. Uh, so why don't you tell us your name and, um, you know, what your condition is. I am Genevieve Woods. Um, some people on Facebook know me as Peach, and uh, I have mitochondrial neuropathy, ATP deletion. Uh, for, for most people, have no idea what that is. So, what what, um, what does that do to you? So, for me specifically, because um, uh, mitochondrial disease is a blanket term for for several different. Um, mitochondrial diseases in in general but for me my mitochondrial disease gives um, me damaged muscles and nerves and I have what is called lots of energy crises where I run out of energy and that's it nothing can bring me back um, besides sleeping Okay, so there's no like vitamins. There's nothing you can take. You just you're just dead tired. Correct. And um, mitochondrial disease does not have a cure. It is extremely rare. Um, there is about 0.2 percent of the of the entire world's population that has the condition. It, um, and it was only founded in the late 70s and the early 80s. So that's why I was not officially diagnosed until I was 15 years old. Right. <clears throat> and you you said you were 23 now? I'm, I'm sorry, what? You said you're 23 now, right? Yes, I am 23 years old. Okay. Um, the the nerve damage, what, is it all your nerves? Like is this in certain parts of your body? What kind of nerve damage do you have? Uh, so I have nerve damage in my entire body. I have muscle damage in my entire body. Everything that could possibly be a muscle is damaged. Everything that could possibly be a nerve is damaged because every single mitochondria in my entire body is malfunctioning. Yeah, yeah. It's not functioning correctly. Right. <clears throat> Um, so what, what, is, what is your mobility like as far as getting around? So, um, I go to physical therapy twice a week. I need to stay mobile. The more I move, the more my gait is, uh, let's just say it keeps me moving. I'm by no means graceful. I am by no means coordinated. There are some times when I just trip on my left foot for no reason. There will be no um, um, floor changes. Just I trip because I because I trip. My balance can be off because of whatever. It doesn't even have to be because of a certain reason. I I also have challenges with my balance because my cerebellum is shrinking. So there are lots of things at play, but my gait is better on some days. With mitochondrial disease, there are good days and there are bad days. And there doesn't have to be a reason for there to be bad days. It's just the way it is. Some days I wake up and I'm more tired than others. And being tired usually affects my gait more. It makes my um, nerves worse. It makes me uh, anxious for no particular reason. It makes my brain cloudy. 
it makes my thinking not as clear as it, as I want it. Um, so, um, my nerve damage, um, um, on a base level, it makes my handwriting very sloppy, and the worst that it can be is not being able to use my hands at all to pick things up or to um, bring a cup to my mouth to take a drink. Right. So you kind of never know on a daily basis how you're going, your body's going to react. You're just going to go with the flow and what happens, happens. Correct. Um, are, are there, I mean, when it comes to, um, like you said, carrying things and all that, are there days that you need people to help take care of you? Um, yes. And as the condition gets worse, I will become more dependent on other people. With mitochondrial disease, things will get worse before they get better. There is really no progressing. It's just regression. And there will be plateaus where there are no big significant changes. And then in one month, I could lose um, a whole array of functions. I could break a bunch of things in one month because of my nerve damage and not being able to feel things correctly. Hmm. And then there'll be other months where I um, worked out the hardest I can and I feel really strong. Right. Wow. Um, one of the reasons why I asked that is because you know, when I have seen your videos, you're very upbeat and positive. Um, and again, I'm sure you have a lot of sadness and anger and so on, but um, how do you kind of keep going and like, you know, wanting to, you know, put out this positive energy that you have? So, um, positivity is what has gotten me through everything because I can't waste my life or any of my time being angry, resentful, um, or, or feeling disadvantaged or that things aren't fair because with mitochondrial disease, um, I am living on borrowed time. I am slowly dying and the doctors have no idea when or how or by, or by what means, um, my life will eventually end. So I can waste no time being um, anything but the happiest person I can be. I have to let problems roll off my back. And I don't feel well whenever I am stressed. My gait changes, my nerves become worse, I stutter more, I fall more, I break things. I have to be as clear-minded as possible because I'm already at a disadvantage of being clear, clear-minded. So, right. seeing the best in everything is my life's motto: is um, seeing things as being only the good. Now, I'm not so. I've been accused of uh, being too happy, of not seeing um, my disease as the real problem it is. I have been accused of what is known as inspirational porn before, of um, not seeing that, that, that disabled people have been um, underrepresented, that they shouldn't be happy about everything and that we need to fight. And I understand that. And I understand that there are, there are disadvantages and there are, and, and, and there's oppression that comes with being disabled. But for my specific kind of disability and the way that my brain works and the way that my spirit is, mm -hmm. I, I would rather 
um, kill them with kindness as opposed to facts and statistics. Because making people smile and opening their their minds up to different possibilities is going to um, resonate with with them more than the screaming and all the negative things that can come with um, being an advocate. I believe in you attract more flies with honey than vinegar. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think what some people probably look at you as is, for the ones that are in the negative light, they're probably thinking what you're doing is what you're faking it. Maybe not your condition. I'm sure. I'm sure someone will say it, but, uh, but I mean, faking the happiness, like you're just doing it because it's like whatever. Maybe it gives you more views or whatever the hell it is. Um, but if that's how you really feel, um, and there's nothing fake about it, then I mean, I don't see there's anything wrong with you just being you and trying to be happy because, as you said, you're on borrowed time and you're trying your best to just keep a happy you know i mean i'm sure if you went down the the sad and angry level like who knows that might take some more time off your life because stress and and depression and that stuff it does that to you um and so being happy might give you a couple extra days or a couple extra years or whatever and that is so very very true and I think that people are not going to respond as well to, to negativity. And there are tons of great advocates. And I do not want you to sway from their message that there, are, that there needs to be more people in wheelchairs, um, in media, more people with visual impairments on TV and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that is a great thing because of course I, I didn't see them growing up, but I was confused growing up. I didn't know what was happening because I didn't know my formal diagnosis until I was 15. And I, and growing up not really knowing what was wrong the 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 one thing that did help me was not was not knowing that I could put a label on what was wrong. The one thing that helped me was being happy and positive. So I believe that no matter what condition you have, um, cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, um, spinal atrophy, uh. There can be a cure, a treatment, a therapy. I still believe that being happy and positive is a catch-all cure. Not not a complete cure, but it can definitely make the days go by faster. And maybe uh, your condition is not going to hold you back as much as it was before. You can live above your disease, maybe not physically, but you can emotionally. Right. What well, What did for the for the first fifteen years of your life? What did either the doctors tell you, or what did you believe was wrong with you? So initially, I was diagnosed with cerebral palsy because I had all of the all the telltale signs of the, of cerebral palsy, but then um, I. I have a now. This is this is, this is going to sound braggadocious, and I do not believe in be, in bragging at all. But I have a very high IQ, so, and I was getting smarter. So we went back to the drawing table of this doesn't look like cerebral palsy. This looks like something else, but we don't know what what in the world it is. And it took one doctor. Just happened to be, to be like looking at the caseload. She didn't have to come in. We didn't ask her to. She just happened to be looking at our case and said that she could possibly offer 
an answer. And that's all we were looking for was an answer as to what was happening. And she just asked for a blood sample. And we were like, okay, yeah, sure. This one doctor is going to say one blood sample and be able to diagnose everything that has been happening for 15 years. Yeah, okay, sure, whatever. And it took about six months. And they called us back in and we're like okay what's this doctor going to say to us this time and she explained to me what what mitochondrial disease is and how one of the total signs of it is um fatiguing fast and i'm like yeah i mean i feel tired but that doesn't explain everything but then she started explaining about neuropathy and how my nerves are damaged. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. And then she explained how the muscles fit in. And I'm like, yeah. And, and everything just fit together like, like a puzzle. And, and at the end, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Oh, my God, I have this, this disease. And it is maternally inherited. I got it from from my mom. She 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 didn't know about the condition. Um, and she said that there's no cure, and that it would take my life. Um, by the time I was about thirty, but as I live one year more. I'm defying their expectations and I'm showing them that um, the mitochondrial disease can be proven wrong and that I am showing all of the things you can do whenever you are living with mitochondrial disease. Right. What are some of the things you like to do? Uh, I like to read that's that's probably my number one hobby is reading because it's all brain work and no physical activity so okay. um i like uh uh hanging out with my family my friends it took me a long time to get friends because unfortunately i was bullied in high school for being dis- disabled so that's in another thing i like to be uh, positive about because I didn't really have a well of positivity in the friendship department until recently. So that is something I am very grateful for. Um, I like being with my pets and I like hanging out and, and watching TV. That's awesome. Are your family, they're very supportive of you? Oh, yes. Um, my family is tremendously supportive of everything that I do because they are the reason I am so positive because they don't let me be negative or angry because whenever I start to go down that route, they start telling about myself and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be this way. I think that people... Uh, can definitely get off track and become negative, but and that and that's a very uh, important emotion to have because you can't have positivity without negativity because then everything would just be negative and or everything would would just be positive. So so I definitely credit my family for for keeping me on the right path. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm sure you're a huge inspiration to them as well. I mean, everything you have to overcome, I'm sure they probably didn't take it well when they found out what it was, what your condition was, and the fact that it will kill you at some point. Um, Yeah. My mom feels guilty for giving it to me, but she didn't know. I mean, they they only discovered it, like, recently. And not all the doctors and hospitals in the world or even America know about it. So how can you check for something you don't, you don't know exists? So 
Right. She does feel guilty, but I don't let her feel, feel guilty because I feel like my life was meant for mitochondrial disease, for, for positivity in spite of mitochondrial disease. I'm supposed to spread awareness. I'm supposed to educate people. And I am supposed to be on this earth um, to be a pillar for the mitochondrial disease community. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, we all need it. And the more people that spread awareness and show positivity and things like what you're doing and overcoming, like little by little, then maybe it's not you know, 10 years they live extra or maybe it's 15 and it's 20. And then the longer they live, the more technology is going to progress and they can find, you know, maybe at some point a cure will actually come out and uh, it'll save a lot of people. But yeah, if everybody's just, you know, sad and negative. And again, I, I could, I'm sure you can see how some people could feel that way too, because when someone tells you essentially that you're going to die at a certain period of time, um, you know, it's got to put a panic button on. Even if they said, hey, you're going to die at 50 and they're one year, you know, they're, let's say, I don't know, 10 years old. It's like, well, I got 40 years left, but it's like, it's 40 years you get to do something. Um, you right. Never, you never know what could happen when those 40 years, like something could change, like with you, like, you know, you, you could slow the process down. It's just, you know, when you're given a death sentence, you know, there's always been that thing out there where it's like, if you were ever told the day you were going to die, like, would you actually want to know? And I don't think most people would want to know because it's probably going to be way sooner than they could ever imagine. Um, if, if that was even possible, of course. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, you know, you need people who are going to actually put themselves out there, um, you know, unapologetically and just say, hey, you know, I'm going through this and. I'm still living my life. Um, yeah, I mean, I could I could see how some people could probably be bothered by your your over positivity, but at the end of the day, it's who you are and that's how you feel. And um, you know, you're trying to do the what's best for not only you but for the people who have your condition because it is so rare and um, and there probably is so such lack of information out there. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, in order to get a cure, you have to have enough people out here that have it and are willing to put themselves in, not only for testing, but just put themselves out there to, to inform others to know they even have it. Like you, it took you 15 years to even knew, to even know you had it, so. Right. So, yeah, I mean. And I don't, yeah. and I don't believe in necessarily living for the cure because I don't know if the cure is going to exist in my lifetime or in another 10, 15 years. All I can do right right now is live, is live for every day and live every day to the fullest because I don't know what, what stages they are at in finding a cure. And they're probably not going to cure, like, mitochondrial disease they're probably going to cure each one of the specific mitochondrial diseases so so i don't know where i even am in the lineup of mitochondrial di diseases i might be last i might be first i might be in the middle i don't know that i don't think anybody knows that so right. um i don't think i don't think living for finding a cure is the answer because then you're just twiddling your thumbs and and waiting and, and counting days off the calendar of of a day that you don't know when it is so you're just looking behind your shoulder every every two minutes going is that it is that it nobody nobody knows all we can do is manage our symptoms and have a smile on our faces. And you're also building up more resentment and anger as the time goes by, like another year or two goes by. It's like, Oh look, they still don't have a cure. Oh, here we go again. Like, and then maybe, maybe then you start seeing cures come out for other things, you know, like, okay, we got the vaccine for COVID. It's like, Oh, oh, so you can come up with that, but you can't come up with some for this. And, and you know, the, the, the anger you get, the worst of your, your average living and day becomes because now you're not so happy because you're, you, all you're living for is one thing. 
instead of right. actually enjoying all the time that you've been waiting, enjoying it to the best you can, like what you've been doing currently. Yeah, because I'm sure with how small the the community is compared to, say, breast cancer patients who are probably a much larger segment of the population, they probably want to find a cure for breast cancer more than they want to find one for mito because it's because it's probably much more much more cost effective. So more common too. W- correct. And so we can't just live life in like the rat race. We can't just be buying all to get like one thing. We have like like there's not enough of one thing to go around. I but I do think there is enough of a spiritual thing in being positive because everybody can choose to be either happy or sad. And why would you choose to be sad? That just seems like a waste of time. So if you can choose to be happy, that just seems like a much better use of every of everybody's time. Yeah, exactly. Um, how do you stay so positive on the days that you're less mobile? The days where you're muscles and, and you know every everything is so locked up and you basically can't you know the days that you can't pick up a pen um i know you said you so, like to read and all that but what do, you, what do you do to keep yourself just mentally and spiritually just going so i'm very thankful in the fact that i haven't had very many big scares um i find that if i go to, ther- to physical therapy more that happens less there is a certain lifestyle that I have to maintain. Like, I can't always go out with my friends because I have to go to the gym or have to take medication that I would rather not take because it's not very uh, tasty. But um, I tend to not try to dwell on the things in my life that are different than, than others. Because jealousy is a very dangerous emotion. Um, I like to take a minute, take a deep breath, and count the things in my life that I am grateful for. I don't believe in, in looking across the street and looking at the people who are packing their cars to go on vacation. Whenever I have to save money because I just just dropped a lot of money on a medication because that's my life and that is theirs and they don't know my life and maybe their life is, is filled with hardship too but they have different kinds of hardship everybody has a different lot in life and I believe that you don't know what is going on in other people's lives and trying to figure it out and say, oh, but I have this and you don't is is unfair. It may feel good in the moment, but what are you going to do with that bit of information? It's not going to make you win the lottery. It's not going to make your grandchildren have babies. It's not going to... Uh, I'm trying to think of things that give other people money because those two things don't make me happy. With, like, like I like those things for other people, but they are not what make will make me happy. I like getting up every morning and seeing a new sunrise. I like seeing my dogs get happy to see to see me. So, um, I like to to appreciate what I have right now in the moment because. I don't know if I'll be able to do those those same things in two years' time, five years' time, ten years' time. Eventually, it's going to go. I just don't know when. And sitting down going, 
huh, I wonder when I can't move my hand any anymore. I believe in, oh, well, let's move it now because whenever I don't, I'll be going, geez, I wish I learned how to knit or how to write with with that hand that I can no longer use. Right. No, that's super commendable because, I mean, that's not how, I mean, even I live to a certain degree, but that's how most of us don't live. We don't think about all the little things that we have. And if we do, we don't. I know we don't dwell on them too much. We just go, okay, yeah, it sucks. I got this, or yeah, I got that, but I could want this, and it's always wanting more. Where you really know how to stay in the moment and appreciate it, which is not something ninety nine point nine percent of people can say. They don't. That's not something we we do. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you had a lot of time to think about it as well, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not old. You're 23 years old, and the fact that you have that mindset is is pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So, what what do you do? You have any you know goals or something you want to accomplish in the next um whenever? All I would now, whenever people are told they only have like blank years to live, they usually make like a bucket list, like skydiving or, or, or swimming with sharks and that is, that is great for them I didn't really have that I never did and I don't think I ever will I just really want to meet somebody who makes me happy um, and just live out what time I have with people that I love that's really the only thing and that's really boring and and I'm sorry but I really don't I mean I I want to make like the money I have with the job I have um with the with one of the parent um organizations that deal with my condition because I feel like I am I am giving back as much as as they give me so I want to keep on making strides with that organization and basically find like my love. That's really corny. I get it, but no, that's fine. That's that's who I am. No, there's nothing wrong with that. And the, the simpleness of it sometimes is the best. Is what we all should want, really. I mean, you think about it when we're young. Simple is all we want, like bubbles and things like that, little toys and things that just the dumbest things make us happy. And then when we get older, that's when money gets involved and adulthood and puberty and all these things kick in. And then all of a sudden it's like we want everything and, and, and you know, one or two things is not enough. Now we want this and we want that. And and maybe we are content with some of the things we do have. It's like, oh, I got this girl. I got this guy. I'm happy. And then you see someone else with someone who you deem as better or more attractive or whatever. You're like, well, now I want someone like that. And or same with money. It's like, oh, you may have a nice outfit, but it's like, well, yeah, but that person over there's outfit's better. I need something more. And it's just it, it just trickles down. And the older you get, the more materialistic you get. And it, it you know, so it, it's it's very simple what you want, but it's awesome. I mean, those are things that the average person does want. It's just they want more beyond that. Um, and yeah, I mean, you want to enjoy your life for however long it lasts. Uh, you want to enjoy it and you're, you're figuring that out at this age. Uh, maybe it took you to have this condition or this diagnosis to make you realize that, but still at least you, you notice it and, you know, hopefully you have a long way to go, but even if you don't, it's like you're, you're going to find a way to enjoy it the best way you can. Um, yeah, and dating's got to be very hard having a disability, huh? I mean, so I really like what you said when um, about maybe having this disease um, uh, gave, gave me this perspective because I definitely think it did because um, I don't see very many people living the way that I do. Um, living for every day and living positively. And I believe that having a cure, or sorry, 
having a disease that was going to take my life made me live for every day. So dying made made me live. And I sometimes get the question of um, if they found a cure tomorrow, would you live any differently? And the answer would be no, because because now that I can see that life is short and it's not guaranteed, I voluntarily want to see the beauty in everything and see how how things are not like fair for everybody, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be angry angry about it. I'm going to to see the the beauty in in life's variations. Yeah, well, that's what makes you a beautiful person. Like you just you care about things that everyone should care about. Um, you know, I've been struggling with my mental health for the last couple of weeks here. I mean, I've been struggling my whole life, but the last past couple of weeks, I've been really just in my own head and beating myself up and, you know, instead of appreciating all the good I've done and I've accomplished, I'm still stuck in, oh, but you could do this and this and this could happen. And, um, you know, so yeah, I mean, like I said, I try my best and, you know, I accomplish some things and, you know, I fight it off and I have some really good days, but there's a lot of days where I'm just the nope and, so someone like you, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's good to have someone like you, not only just as a person, but as an advocate just out there showing positivity. And I think the difference between you and some, because there are some people that do that and they're not really genuine about it. It's they don't want to show the pain and everything that they go through because they want to show that they're always happy, that they're always positive, And that's not how they always feel but they don't want to show the bad sides of it because they're more insecure about it. Whereas I think you, you're just genuinely this person, um, which is, which is refreshing because like I said, there's not a lot of people out there doing this stuff. Uh, not a lot of people advocating for us in general, but also on a, on a real level where you're just like, Hey, like, yeah, my life isn't the greatest, but Hey, I'm still happy. And that is very, very true. Um, just talk a little bit about like, what, what was all the bullying and then like, what was that like for you? So, um, it was very isolating because the form of of bullying that I experienced was being ignored. I didn't have uh, a lot of friends growing up and whenever I do, they were my, they were my friends about a year until they realized that they could have they could have friends who could do more and then they would eventually just drift off and leave because I was doing less and less and and they just didn't want to stick around for me in the long term Instead of just being honest with you and say, hey, man, I can't hang out with you as much because I want to go out and live my life. They just kind right. of disappear, what the kids call nowadays ghosting. They just goodbye and no real reason and no closure. And as you said be- before with how things become lost among the weeds whenever you hit puberty, of uh, teenagers are like short-sighted they want what like like they want the concert and they want uh like the trip to to the mall for like four hours they want 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 they don't see the 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 person who isn't putting themselves out there because they've been shot down by by multiple friends show up many times over the years that they have convinced themselves that friends just aren't in in the cart. Well, it's, yeah, it's always hard 
for people that are like in your position where, um, you know, there's not a lot of people that are going to come to your table. Like if you're eating lunch by yourself, like not many people are going to put themselves because especially when you're young kids and, you know, teenagers and getting into high school, young adults and uh, you're at a point where popularity matters and not even just popularity because there's a lot of kids that aren't popular. There's only a certain, there's only a small percentage of people who are actually popular, but they don't even want to be associated with the people who are at the bottom of the list, you know, the nerds or the disabled kids or whatever, the people that are just a little off, the weirdos, the freaks as they call them and all that. So, um, so most people don't even want to associate that because then they're kind of the butt of the joke too. Um, yeah. And that, and that's what really kind of sucks the most because if there was, again, and, and a lot of, and there's a lot of these schools where, especially if you're going to, you know, smarter, you know, decent schools and stuff, you know, there's usually a couple kids maybe with a disability and, and not all of them are more as visible as maybe yours is, whereas like mine I have a vision problem, but like. I can hide it enough to where, you know, I know where everything's in my lunchbox. If I'm sitting at lunch, I know how to grab everything. You know, I'm not totally blind. So I can make myself, unless I'm going to, you know, reach for something and I fall or something. But I've always been good at, you know, you know making everything work for me. Um, whereas you, you know, obviously there's certain things about you that is, is going to draw attention to you. Uh, unwarranted, but, you know, unfortunately it's just going to happen. So there's a lot of people who aren't going to. And not a lot of many people are going to want to be around that. And it sucks because, you know, um, what are you going to do? But it, it, again, like I said, it's when you're kids, you can't really blame kids, but it's also like, it's so frustrating because, you know, you, you can't really change the mindset of young kids. But, you know. Right. But, you know, again, it's not your fault either. It's You know, you just want friends and you just want someone to talk to and, People are just like, no, you're the girl who does this and does that. And it's like, yeah, but it's not my fault. Like, and, and you probably would bring more value to their life than the people that they're trying to pretend to be something else for. Um, but, you know, again, but, you know, a lot of people, like you, you, you brought a lot of good from, like, darkness. Like, I'm sure you've had a lot of sad days and, you know, you could go one way or the other and you, you made the best of it you turned it into something where you know like i said you're advocating you're doing good in the world um instead of having hatred in your heart and always wanting bad for others because you could have that too you could have sat there and watched everyone else have fun around you and just hate people now but that's not right that's not who you are and unfortunately being positive does not make you like cool like, it's not, like, a party trick where, where, like, you pull it out and it makes the classroom laugh right. or it draws all the attention to you in a positive way. It usually makes <clears throat> people go, oh, this thing's boring. Oh, look at that shiny thing. They don't want to look at the thing that's not as positive and they want to put attention on the people who are... Who are more entertaining, I, I guess you could say. Class clowns and, yeah, the athletes and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. 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 Because, like, when you're, when you're the positive one, it's like, you know, there's like, hey, man, I want to smoke weed. It's like, nah, man, you know, you shouldn't do that. Like, you just sound like a dad or a mom. It's like, oh, really? You're the, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the buzzkill. Like, you're telling us to be positive, really? I'm 16. I don't know anything about responsibility. I just want to go out and just do something stupid. Um, yeah, but again, like you learned at a, an early age and, um, it, it's, 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 like I said, that's one of the reasons why I love, I mean, I love being, I love having a disability just because it, it gives me such a different insight to things, but I love being, you know, interviewing and talking to people like you, because like I said, we have such different insight to what life is about. Whereas a lot of people just, life just happens to them and they just, they don't really, they take it all for granted and, and they don't really look at what they have. Like they don't look at the fact that they can get up out of their chair every day, no struggle whatsoever and bounce around and, and, you know, they can see, they can hear, they can do all these things that everyone, a lot of the people in the disabled community, like we we're all missing something and we all would love to get that one thing back or, you know, in some cases, multiple things back. And, um, you know, they just take it for granted and it's so frustrating because we've, we've been in these dark spaces in our head and, you know, we continue to make 
good of our lives somehow through all the challenges and everything that's been put in front of us, like with you, like you just continue to keep on trucking. You know, I've seen your videos many times and I just, I don't know why I didn't message you sooner. I just, you know, use them just on there promoting. And then I just was kind of, which I was doing that today. And then I just saw your video. I'm like, yeah, I need to get a hold of her. Um, but it's like, you have no, you have every reason not to be positive. Like 100%, if you were not positive and you were just angry and sad all the time, like you would have the right to because what has happened to you and, and what is going to continue to happen to you. But you reversed it and made it your own thing. And, you know, it's kind of what made you, you know, it bleeds through when you advocate with your videos. Um, it really shows what kind of person you are. I really appreciate your your kind words because I, I wish I had known more people like you growing up because then I would have been like, forget these people who don't like me. At least I have this one person who cares about what I, I'm going through besides my parents. <clears throat> I wanted the person on the outside who was looking in who could see the beauty in what I was going through because right. whenever I was diagnosed, diagnosed i did tell a few people in my class they just weren't getting it and like they were kids but it would have been nice to have a person my age who was sticking by by me who wanted to hold my hand through all the pain of realizing that life is not guaranteed because we all start out life taking it for granted because what more do we have to, what do we have, have to be sad about? Especially at the age of 15, everything is indispensable and then everything came to a halt. So I wish I had had a, a, a person who really understood it, that it was more than a disability and it was a this is like I catch 22 but it was a good disability it was a disability that that afforded me the ability to think about myself as more than just a person whose body um, can can be a vessel for like what you what you said like weed and partying and whatever the heck teenagers want to do at that age because I still don't even know because I had such a different experience than it did everybody else. Right. Well, I'm coming from a perspective of a 32-year-old man now too, so I'm not saying I haven't had this thought for a long time. It's just you know interviewing people like you and all the people I've interviewed so far and, and, and yet have to come out. Um, you know, I continue to interview all these great people and it's – there's a lot of people with disabilities. I mean, I think most people with disabilities will feel exactly the way you feel. It's just they're on a bigger scale. They don't look at it like we do, where it's like we care about the whole community and not just our condition or not just ourselves. Uh, a lot of us have so much problems that it's like, why give a shit about your condition? And all I can care about is what's going on with me today. And I, I, I completely understand that, but it doesn't help our cause. Um, right. And I, it, I think, like for me, and I've said it many times, not to sound selfish or ignorant or anything, but at the end of the day, I can get on here and just talk about myself or I can get yeah. on here and just talk about visually impaired and blindness. I don't have to talk about any other condition, but I do because I felt wrong. I mean, I was doing that kind of in the beginning where I'd interview my friends that all had vision prop impairment and they were great and I loved them, but I felt some sort of like yuckiness where I was just like, why are you not covering every other condition? And again, I know that's easier said than done because it's not easy to find everybody, but it's like, it was, it was but again, it was so stupid because I was only like eight episodes in or not 10 episodes in or something. But like, it was just like, I want to do more. I want to cover the whole landscape of the disability community because there's so much there. There's so many conditions and there's so many, and even if you have the same condition as somebody, you still have different stories and different pains and, you know, and different stories. 
Um, and it's so it's like, I, you know, yeah, I, I wish I thought like I did now when I was, you know, whatever, 15 or whatever. But, um, but again, it helps. That's why it's so helpful that we support each other, not just you and I, but everybody in the community, because then it, then the, then the world feels less lonely and then life feels like it's, you know, you build your own community and you build all these friends and, and, you know, relationships. Then you feel like, okay, now the world can mean something to us. Now we do fit in because, okay, there's 1.6 billion of us. If, if even a million of us just got together and hung out and did amazing things, it's like, well, we can't feel lonely when there's a million people in a room or, you know, in an area. Um, and so it's like, we just, why we have to support each other. And our, our community is, is just lacking that so much. Um, and there's very few people that are really kind of going above and beyond. And I'm not just saying that because you're on here or I do it. It just, I wish more people do it. I don't want to be the only person because the end of the day, how are we going to find cures and how are we going to, um, you know, find cures for your condition and other people's and how are we going to stop bullying and how are we going to do all these things if we don't support each other? One, you know, a hundred people coming out and talking about it isn't going to change anything. It's just not. And every other minority is fighting for their causes. So it's like, when the hell are we going to fight for ours? Um, right. And we can't just wait and watch other people just suffer and die while we have opportunities to speak up now. Cause the longer it goes on, the more it's just going to seem like the norm. And, you know, and that's where we're at now. We have to, you know, I don't know if you saw that documentary Crip camp, which I talk about all the time um, on Netflix. And it's just about all the people that fought for us, uh, for the ADA and got us all, you know, all the, you know, when it comes to social security and, and you got us, you know, so we can work in the workplace and, and all these things. If it wasn't for those people, we would never have the opportunities that we have currently. Um, you and I probably wouldn't be talking to each other. If we would, we'd be in some special camp. Um, but, um, and so, so my, my point is, is I feel like none of us or a good amount of us just have not picked it up from where they left off. And this was back in the early 90s, I believe, well, 80s and 90s. And they just, they did so much for us and we just kind of forgot about it and just let it go. Yeah. And now we're not, we're not pushing the envelope and continuing to show what we can do, even though every day people with disabilities are living their lives and doing great things. But, um, you know, 75% of us are unemployed and we, we, we just don't even want to address it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah and so that's that's why like for however long you are here and i hope for a long time you know you got to continue to do what you're doing because if you don't you know as i've said many times before i feel like when we lose one person and what i mean by lose i don't mean dying but like when they give up on the cause it's like gaining 10 people you know like right if, because there's so few of us doing it when we actually lose one it's like shit there goes another one like one less fighter on the front line actually pushing and and, and caring about us um and so you know as much as i get deterred a lot of times from the frustration that i have with our community because we don't support each other i can't just give up just because they don't support right now i just have to keep moving and I think what, what people do not realize is um, there are so many ways to be an advocate. You don't have to always make signs and go stand in front of the Capitol building. I mean, that was the way that they did it back in the, the 90s. And for the people who want to do that and make political change, that is great. But but advocation can be shown and be experienced and be done in, in, in so many ways. Just living authentically you and showing other, other people that it's good and it's positive and it's beautiful to be disabled. It should not be... Um, looked down upon and that's and then, then that's probably one of the reasons why it's not uh in the media so much because we aren't a big enough voice and when people think about us it's, it's probably not with the most positive positive light and 
expecting other other people to come where where we are is a high ask for, for for so many people facing so many hardships in in life. We have to go to them and and show and show them that um, we can make clothes. We can. Uh, become doctors. We can be positive. We can do all, all of these things because it hasn't even even been a a hundred years, and I'm sure that we are still probably probably one of, of the most under underrepresented people in general. Yeah, not even close. Huh? When it comes to any any kind of entertainment or anything, we're never represented by actually our people. Rarely, rarely are we. Um, and when we actually find out the person actually had that disability, I've talked about the guy who uh, plays um, Walt Jr. in the show Breaking Bad. He has a son in there with uh, cerebral palsy. And there was a rumor that he didn't have it, um, but he really does. He really does have cerebral palsy. And he, he's a great actor and all that, but... It was just so surprising. It was like, oh my god, they actually got a kid who has cerebral palsy, and he, he's amazing. And um, they didn't just get some random guy and give him, you know, a walker and just say, "Here you go." Um, right. And that's so rare. It's like, okay, like that—that's that's what we need. Like, it's it's so ridiculous. And then you know, of course, then, but we live in this world where everybody is beautiful and skinny, and uh, you know, everything is just this certain perception that you need to look a certain way. And, um, it, you know, and it's just, like I said, when it comes to someone or struggling to walk or struggling to see or, or anything, you know, that's never going to be perceived as beautiful, which is, it doesn't mean it isn't. It's just, that's where we live in this shallow world where certain things are a certain way. And, you know, if you try to upset those boundaries, then people, you know, have a shit fit, but um, yeah, it doesn't mean you're not attractive if you are a certain way or you're a certain look or a certain weight or whatever. It's just um, we have this ideal of what is beautiful and it's a certain look. It's just like I said, um, and it changes little by little over the years, but relatively it stays in the same boundaries of what it's supposed to be. And, you know, that's never us. Um but I've also seen people in our community that are very beautiful and that fit those standards that maybe they're, you know, skinny and whatever, look a certain way, but they're in a wheelchair. And then they kind of try to overcompensate for the wheelchair by just like trying to be overly sexual so that they can go, hey, see, I'm sexy. And it's like, yeah, but you're not really you're doing it in a way of it's kind of distasteful because you're. You're going above and beyond to show that you're beautiful instead of just saying, look, I'm beautiful and I'm in a wheelchair and screw it. Um, but, you know, I understand the mindset of knowing it. You know, you get what you do. Gotta, you got to do what you got to do to survive, I guess, these days. Um, but, um, yeah, so quickly, like, do you do you have any, uh, like, advice for any, like, younger up-and-coming yous um, who are, are struggling with their condition and, and just the will to go on? Um. I'd say first, don't discount positive positivity, and and it's hard to be positive. I will not say that everybody needs to be positive. It's as easy as a decision, and it's 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 hard. It it took me a while to come to the place of sometimes positivity is just the answer. Sometimes being happy is just what we need to be, and that's not easy. And puberty's hard. Puberty's hard for everyone, disabled or not. But it's very important whenever um, you are disabled. And I would say, put yourself out there because whenever you are disabled, you are obviously lacking in something. So, so maybe making, making up for it in personality is, is what you need because, because being disabled to the outside world is scary. People do not always want to 
approach people in wheelchairs and have a meaningful conversation about what it is, is like to be dis- disabled. So putting yourself out there, not to be ridiculed, but to just be a happy, positive force in almost disabled seconds, or maybe put one and two in the same category and have them equal to each other is just as in, as important to to wanting to be popular or something of of that sort. Because whenever I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of reasons to be happy. I was very confused in the fact of I I didn't have friends, um, and I was told I was going to die, and I had no one really to turn to of what what does this mean? Because I wasn't really in the community as being positive peach until about two years into my diagnosis, and at in that time, I had kind of um, stopped looking at high schoolers as being the answer. And that kind of turned my personality kind of hard to youth. I feel that the the youth is the answer to radical change for the disabled community. So I would not recommend what I did in high school because it, because it affected me to the point where I didn't, really good friends until like my um junior year of college so i would not recommend what i did be be open and, and happy and positive and reach out to uh, to to others and maybe come at come to them and show them that being in a wheelchair doesn't make you a freak of nature it probably isn't going to to give them your contagious cerebral palsy because it's because it's definitely not so i would say to reach out to others with positivity and embrace who you are being disabled is beautiful and i wish somebody had told me that whenever i was in high school and that was only a couple of of years ago that this this change of body positivity and mental health awareness i had wished i had had it in high school because i was still living in the wow i see the ideal of beauty and that is just not me how do i become more beautiful you don't need to be more beautiful you need to be more you because you is beautiful no matter what your disability is yeah <clears throat> all right well on that note i guess we can end this um thank um you. yep go ahead so i do want to um have a shameless plug oh, because yeah. i'm sorry yeah <laughs> plug whatever you want um away to practice positivity is to buy my book on Amazon and to uh, check out um, my videos and my upcoming work on Facebook because I recently graduated from college so I am getting more entrenched in how to spread positivity into the world through the channels of the internet and i didn't grow up with with the internet i only got it in like elementary school so i'm still learning the ways of of how this internet thing works what's your book called um so so um two are called peach uh there is a first edition which is which is which is more for teenagers. The second edition is more for young adults. There is a poetry book that's called "My Poems Are Yours," 
and there is a children's book that is called Play Your Way, and it's about a family of ducks. Okay. Um, when the episode comes out, and I'll let you know, it, it'll be a while, but when it comes out, I will, uh, I'll put the link to all your books in the description and in your Facebook and all that. And, uh, okay, awesome. So I will do it. But yeah, you're a very powerful, awesome lady. And if you ever, like I said, we'll, we're definitely friends. So if you ever need anything, just text or call me. Um, but yeah, like I said, uh, thank you for doing this. I am more than happy to spread positivity Spread awareness of mitochondrial disease. Make a new um, disabled friend because I didn't have any any of them whenever I began this journey. And they are beautiful pe- people who need to be brought into the light and showcased. And I believe that we can do anything that we set our minds to. That's corny, but whatever is in your heart, has a chance to become realized now more than ever. Awesome, awesome. All right, sweetie, we will talk soon, okay? Okay. All right, thank you again. Mm-hmm. All right, bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was pleasantly delightful. Um, kind of sad, too. Didn't I really didn't know where that was going to go, but, um, yeah, uh, it's sad that she said that you know that she's gonna die but then she kind of really brought it all around and just made you feel good about what she's going through and that she's gonna be all right so uh i'll give you guys some updates on her hopefully everything stays the same and um yeah she's a good person so i hope you all support her um yeah i'm gonna go eat something Uh, i've had my air off i know you probably hear the stupid bubbles from the fountain from bullets fountain there um, I didn't get something to eat and I'm going to turn the air on because it's hot as shit outside and I had it off for this last hour. So, uh, so yeah, let's go do the thing. Um, oh, now it's raining outside. You hear it hit my air conditioner. It's quite relaxing. Uh, and if you uh, guys were paying attention, you may have heard a, uh, a against the mic. Uh, that was Bullet, of course. That was not me. Um, that was not my stomach growling or me making sound effects. That was just Bullet. Just, you know, coming up to love me up, and he wanted to rub his head against the mic as well. Um, but, yeah, guys, I hope you all are taking care of yourselves and looking out for each other. Um, I will see you guys in the next one. Um, yeah, just continuing this journey. I'm trying to bring people with disabilities together and put us in the right light. So, all right, guys. Um, now it just sounds like I'm drowning in rain. Wow, that's a lot of rain. All right, guys, I will see you later. Bye.